What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I am your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, what is cooking? Uh, not much. My little Pacers got to finish their two-game sweep today against the Heat. That felt pretty good. Eked out an overtime victory. Yeah, it was a pretty scary one. Formidable Miami team. Uh, yeah. Break it down. How did how did it close out? Um. So we were basically leading the whole game, and then they had a nice little run in the fourth, and Jimmy actually missed a free throw to put them ahead at the end of the game. So it went to OT. Uh, we didn't have Domas for the entire OT because he fouled out. But Miles Turner really came through clutch. He had three blocks in overtime, uh, which really saved Shit. us. And then Carousel missed a three with five seconds left. Jimmy caught the ball. Uh, they had no timeouts, so we had to run down the court. Missed a three. Easy dub, which it really feels good to, like a team over the Heat, who is definitely a potential playoff matchup that we'll see. So it feels good to get wins over them. Yeah, absolutely. Especially knowing that the Pacers have not been at the top of their game in the last month or so to be able to beat a team like the Heat, especially a, a grit and grind victory in which you didn't lead the the whole way. It's nice to each those out because the Bulls have blown a couple stupid leads recently over the Spurs and the Nuggets. So we pulled out a win against the Pistons today. Not the best the NBA has to offer, but wins are wins, dubs are dubs, and we're still in the playoff hunt. And that's what counts, baby. Yeah, I think you got. I think the Pacers and the Bulls have the same record right now, which is kind of crazy do. to say. But we're it the Pacers. Um, we're really seeing um, the addition of what Karras can bring to the team. You know, the Heat today they have to put Bam on Domas, and they have to put Jimmy Butler on Malcolm Brogdon, which left Karras for most of the day. He had either Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson on him, which is kind of flat out just mm-hmm. disrespectful talking about the caliber of player that Karras is compared to the caliber of defending that Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson bring. And he was able to just attack them and go at them. And it was something we just straight up didn't have uh, when Karras wasn't playing. You know, teams could focus mm-hmm. on Brogdon and Domas so hard. And it's just really nice to have a guy who is whose best skill, I would say, is his ISO scoring. Like, Coach, go get you a bucket. And I'm really glad he's on the team and playing. Yeah, absolutely, and it should be nice for you to know as a Pacers fan that next month you play 15 games in April, and only six of them are against teams right now that are above 500. Yeah, that feels uh, nice. Definitely an easier stretch. Definitely should pick up some dubs, get yourselves back above 500, and solidify a spot in the playoffs. That is what I'm expecting out of the Pacers. That East playoff race is a... It's going to go down to the wire. Yeah. It's really going to be interesting it's... to see how hard these teams go for the sixth seed to avoid the play-in tournament. Yeah, way more interesting than any East finish has been in, I don't even know how long. It's been uh, so long. It's felt like the top like seven or six of the East has just been locked in, you know, for like, what, the past like yeah. four or five years. And then it would always be teams competing for that last spot. But now the East is yeah. like... 5 through 12 deep almost. Yeah, well, the Hornets, I mean, this is big news, obviously, but currently sitting at the 8th spot, lose LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year candidate, for the rest of the regular season at least. Playoffs, potential return, but fractured a ankle. It's tough to come back from sucks as a guy that we've loved to watch. Clearly, clearly um, was able to translate whatever, you know, game he had to the NBA and build upon it. He's been able to develop so quickly. Uh, He's got a great sense for the game, a higher IQ than I think anybody really thought. I think that, you know, we've talked about it before. Where would LaMelo have gone in the draft if his last name wasn't Ball? And arguably, it, he might have gone even higher. Um, yeah, I mean, the Hornets, I I see them struggling without his presence. Where, where do you see that going? Yeah, uh, LaMelo fractured his wrist, not his ankle. But it 
the wrist is basically the ankle of the hand, so close enough. Many are saying that. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be really hard for them to stay up in this playoff race now. I think think we'll see them make a move. Um, I could see them trading for someone uh, as this trade deadline approaches. Because I think they want to make the playoffs still, you know, even if Lamelo's is not going to be in this mm-hmm. season, he set them up to at least be in the playoff race. So maybe we see them go get a John Collins. Maybe we see them make another move. Um, I don't know. I don't know what this Hornet team's philosophy is right now, really. Yeah. And you mentioned the name John Collins. Do you think that they look to replace at guard? Uh, that would be my inclination. You know, when you lose a guard, get a guard. Uh, but you're saying that you think that they might be better off sticking with Terry Rozier, give him full ball handling skills throughout the game, expect him to carry a little bit more of a load and build the front court? I don't. I think they're going to trade for someone, and I think a more obtainable target that would also help them in the future would be a guy like John Collins because you already have Terry Rozier, who has been absolutely falling this year. And yeah. Devontae Graham, he's just going to come back into the starting role, which he was doing at the beginning of the year. Um, he's a actually pretty good playmaker. Um, his field goal per- shooting percentages are dog shit, but he's pretty good at um, assisting. And I think this is a huge bump to Malik Monk. Yeah. Uh, would you agree? He's going to see so many minutes now. Yeah, and Malik Monk is a guy who... Third year in gets a little bit lost, but I mean, he was a top seven pick in the draft. I mean, in a pretty stacked lottery, it's his o- It's only his third year. I think that he's still got a lot to prove and has a lot of room for growth. So if Lamelo taking a backseat and riding the bench the rest of the way means that he can take more of an active role, you know, he's averaging 12 and a half a game. You know, there's... Those aren't jump change by any means, but, you know, if you can jump from, like, 12 points a game to 15 points a game, that's really when I... I think that's a pretty big, significant jump in what you're actually doing for a team from kind of a uh, bench role to a more imperative role on the team, if that makes sense. I I don't know why I, I see that that way, but it is something that I see. Yeah, if you can average 15 points per game for an entire season, like that proves that like at least you know how to score. Um, which yeah, that that is what Malik Monk is at this point. Um, unless he drastically develops and becomes like a playmaker, um, at this point he's just a bucket for you off the bench, and I don't think that's an alpha role for him on the Hornets, honestly. But I think we're about to see no. Gordon Hayward go stupid if the Hornets really are going to push for the playoffs. He's about to put up really good numbers. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of actually lagged since the All-Star break. I mean, he actually he had a four-game span where he only put up one game of more than 10 points. Mm. It's pretty uh it's pretty garbo. Um although I will say he had a uh, a game 4 days ago where he put up 7, 9 and 10. So give it to him there, but yeah, he's going to have to start taking a much more I mean he already has an active role in the offense but yeah he's gonna have to start being not a 20 point per game score but maybe like a 25 point per game score if the Hornets are gonna stay competitive without their new gem in LaMelo Ball yeah you know I'm hoping for the best for the Hornets they were honestly one of the most fun teams to watch this year with LaMelo yeah, well, I can't say I'm rooting too hard for them because I do want them to fall through a little bit so that the oh, they're gonna are, fall. Are they're gonna fall. In. Yeah, but no, I am rooting for them. I I think they're a good story. Though the Hornets fans probably do need something to root for. Yeah, they gotta be so sad right now. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I just hope it's not a long term thing. Uh, people yeah. have come back from fractured ricks before, you know, I think that the legs are really where you start to get nervous, you know, the arms, the hands, eh, you can make it. Alrighty, should we move into the schedule analysis? Yeah, let's do it. Bada bing, bada boom. 
Artie, for this schedule analysis, uh, it's pretty easy this week. We've got teams with three games or four games. So teams with three games this week, we've got the Nets, the Bulls, the Mavs, the Pistons, the Warriors, the Pacers, the Heat, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Thunder, the 76ers, and the Wizards. And every other team is playing four games this week. That makes it pretty easy, you know. We haven't had a cancellation for a game in a while because of COVID. I think teams are starting to actually get vaccinated. And nobody's playing a, a weird-ass amount of games this week. No, that makes it pretty easy. That does make it pretty easy. Uh, and, yeah, it feels like we have not had a COVID outbreak in a hot second, which is pretty awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, I know that we've had players go down because of COVID. Obviously, Embiid and Simmons, you know, the uh, most recent headliners is having had to miss games because of COVID. But no games being canceled. That's what we like to see. So with that said, how does the number of teams playing each day break down this week? So Monday, we have 16 teams playing. Tuesday, we have 12. Wednesday, we have 22. Thursday, we have 10. Friday, we have 22. Saturday, we have 18. And Sunday, we have 8. So the days to really focus on this week are Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, where six teams or less are playing games that day. But more importantly this week, Colin, um, are the back-to-backs. 25 out of the 30 teams this week play in a back-to-back which That's seems insane. just absolutely insane. Um, so on Monday, Tuesday, there's none. But on Tuesday, Wednesday, we have a Brooklyn, Denver, Orlando, and Phoenix. They all have back-to-backs. Um, so maybe Blake Griffin sits out a game. Oh, Actually, shout out yeah. Blake Griffin. He dunked tonight dunked. as his first point for the Nets. And I don't want to brag or anything, Colin. But when we yeah. talked about the Blake Griffin trade, um, I, said he would, it. I said he would get a dunk. From a corner three pump fake closeout, and he would go drive in and dunk. And while it wasn't in the corner, he did do the corner, exact same yeah. thing from the top of the key. So, you know, got to give myself a little props there. You owe yourself the props there. Yeah, and the fact that it was his very first points, too, I mean. We take Is that it. like a fuck you to the Nets? Was that a little jab right there from Blake to Griffin? The Nets or the Pistons? From Blake Griffin. Uh, was that a little fuck you to the Pistons? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think a little bit. I mean, you can't just, like, be one of the all-time dunkers for, like, a little bit. I mean, when we're talking about, like, dunk contest moments, Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia, like, that's up there. Like, if somebody was going to make a documentary about, you know, the dunk contest, Blake Griffin's going to be a part of that. The Clippers... The, the, he was known for his dunks. Like, he was one of the most dynamic dunkers. And then to just go to Detroit and just say, fuck it, like, I'm not doing it, <laughs> you know? Like, you know, we all thought he just had bad knees, but no, he just... <laughs> they seem pretty fresh now. Yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't, like, the most explosive dunk in the world that I've seen, but, like, it wasn't like he, he had to try real hard to get up there. <laughs> it's, that's really funny, honestly. That he didn't dunk for over a year on the Pistons, and he gets his first dunk as his first point in his first game for the Nets. Yeah. I I must say, I love Blake Griffin as a person, so watching him more than likely get a ring in Brooklyn will bring me a decent amount of joy. Yeah, I like Blake Griffin, too. He's a really like, good and funny guy. Yeah, he's got a new TV show. Double Cross. They're sponsoring us. Yeah, Double Cross, so... Check out Blake Griffin, Double Cross. We're sponsored. This is a sponsored podcast. Please pay us. Please please give us money. We we just want it. All right. Uh, um, sorry for that little yeah. tangent. But um, So tangent. Wednesday, Thursday, we have the Clippers, mm-hmm. and then we have the Kings playing in a back-to-back. On Thursday, Friday, we have Golden State, the Lakers, Miami, and Portland all playing in a back-to-back. And on Friday, Saturday, we have Boston, Cleveland, Dallas, Detroit, Houston, Memphis, Milwaukee, Minnesota, the Pelicans, and Utah all playing in a back-to-back. And Houston actually has two back-to-backs this week. Um, I forgot to say they also play on Wednesday, Thursday. 
So they have four potential games this week, but Vic has been sitting out back to backs. So you you may only get two out of the four Vic games this week, which kind of sucks. Wait, say that again. We you would only get two out of the four Vic games this week, right? Yeah, because he's been sitting back-to-backs, and Houston yeah. has two back-to-backs this week. Right. Get that. Um, is there any chance that Vic sits more than that just because he's making it abundantly clear that he wants to be traded and the deadline is looming? Yeah, that totally could be an option. Um, he, As we get closer, you know, more stuff's going to come out, and he might not even play with if there's rumors afloat, which is definitely scary. For Vic yeah, owners. because we've well, and because we've seen the uh, Rockets do it a couple times this year, where they just kind of like tell guys like, "Hey, like we're not gonna play, uh, we're gonna try to trade you." And yeah. it's teams being up front, which uh, I you know, I guess I can respect that, um, but it definitely hurts fantasy owners, especially Victor Oladipo owners in this instance, if that comes out. So I just uh, I wouldn't say expect it, but be wary of it. Is that the right advice for Vic owners? Yeah, yeah. Be aware that it's a real situation that could happen. So don't get blindsided. Uh, should I move into my teams to stream this week? Yeah, who are you, who are you gonna stream? So my first team is the Lakers, who play four games this week. And they play on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So they play on all three of the low-volume days this week. And as you know, Colin, LeBron's out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain he suffered over the weekend. So now the Lakers Lakers are kind of a fantasy like goldmine right now. If you can pick the next guy that is going to help the Lakers win games. And guys that come to mind are... Montres Harrell and Dennis Schroeder are probably not on the waiver wire. So we're looking at guys yeah. like Kyle Kuzma, Wesley Matthews, Marcus Saul, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, um, with the Morris that's on there. Like, um, value is going to be found on the Lakers while this time LeBron is out. But can I definitively tell you who that guy is right now? No. But I think Taylor Horton Tucker will probably see um, a bump up in his ownership. Oh, once these Lakers play a couple games without LeBron, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think that's the the guy we've seen. I know LeBron has come out and said some really positive things about him. So I think this is going to be an interesting time for the Lakers. They've built up enough wins to the point where they shouldn't be nervous in falling out of the playoff race in a two-week span where LeBron and AD are gone, but it's gonna it's gonna be challenging for them and they're definitely gonna have to figure out who they are and what they can be. Yeah. There's um, only a five game difference between them as the third seed and the Spurs as the seventh seed. So they definitely yeah cannot afford to go on a losing streak during this time without LeBron or A D. Or it will like drastically reshape the West playoff picture if the Lakers finish in the lower half of those seedings. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because then you know you're the Clippers and you're hosting the Lakers first round, and you're like, "What the fuck did we just get ourselves into?" Yeah. Uh, and then my other team to stream was the Trailblazers, who also play on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So um, we're looking at guys like Gary Trent Jr., Ronnie Hood, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, any other trailblazers that come to mind? Um, well, m- my question to you is, are we anticipating a CJ or Nurk return this week? Yeah, CJ's already As... back. CJ's played in their last two games. We have that going for us, so I think that's going to hurt the Trailblazers, the other Trailblazer players' stock a little bit in all of this. So I think that you kind of covered it um, in those guys. I don't think that they're going to have to go too far into the bench anymore to find a lot of scoring or a lot of the 
statistics that make up a good fantasy player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. CJ's back, and then I think Nurk is back in two weeks. Uh, but I also think we might see Portland be buyers here at the trade deadline. Um, I wouldn't put it past you if, you know, they ended up with Aaron Gordon or something. I think they're going to make a move, Yeah, which is definitely something to yeah. look out for. Yeah, I know we've talked about them as being potential buyers for Andre Drummond. Yeah. Um, but I don't – Andre Drummond has to go somewhere, right? Like it's, the Cavs aren't just going to keep him. Yeah, it's just – you know, teams will get more desperate um, as the deadline gets closer, and I think the Cavs are fine with waiting till probably the day of. Yeah, I just feel bad for a guy like Drummond who's just sitting on the bench right now waiting to be traded. Yeah, and he's in Cleveland. And he's in Cleveland. Did you see I sent you the TikTok? Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Yeah, joking. <laughs> uh, I was really excited when it came up on my page. What a legend. What a legend. What a guy. All righty. Well, that uh, wraps up that f- the first half of the podcast. You want to move into guys who potentially have rest-of-season streaming value? Yeah. Do you want to hear my first guy? Uh, I'm pretty excited about him. I do want to hear your first guy. So my first guy is Moses Brown, who is a center on the OKC Thunder. Um, he's currently 14.1% roster on ESPN. And do you remember that clip, Colin? It's two UCLA players, and one is Moses Brown, and he like has his head down after he just made a dumb play or got a turnover or something. And then the, a UCLA guard like comes and lifts his chin up. Do you remember that clip? I do remember that clip. Yeah, so the... Guy who had his chin down, and that was Moses Brown. Uh, but he ended up, you know, he kept his chin up. He made the NBA. And during his time in the G League bubble for the Thunder, he averaged 18.5 points, 14 rebounds, and 1.7 blocks in 26 minutes. Um, their coach, Mark Dagnalt, uh, <laughs> cut Mike Muscala from the rotation to give Moses minutes. Um, and over his last six games... He's averaging 11 points, 9.8 rebounds, and one and a half blocks in 25 minutes. And I think there's potential Al Horford could be traded. Um, There's always rumors, you know, that Al Horford could be traded. And teams, as the deadline gets closer, can probably talk themselves into trading for Al Horford for the rest of the season. So there's value that Moses Brown could become the starter if Al Horford gets traded. And I also think he just is set up to get such easy buckets playing with a guard like Shea and um, even Theo Maladon, who are always looking to yeah. throw him lobs. So I'm really liking him as a potential rest of the season because if Al Horford gets traded, even if he doesn't, um, Moses Brown is going to be the guy that the Thunder are moving for with in the future. So there's no reason he'll probably lose any minutes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I like everything you have there. I want to counter just real quickly with another Thunder player and hear what you think, uh, guy that I noticed. Ty Jerome really hadn't played much all season, has played in the last nine Thunder contests, has actually been averaging about 25 points a game, put up 37 fantasy points two nights ago uh, in a game against the Hawks in which he had 18 points, a board, two assists, and a steal, uh, but was pretty darn efficient. Is there any rest-of-season value there, or is this just a, a guy who's total flash in the pan while the Thunder are figuring out what their direction is? Yeah, Ty Jerome was a guy who I watched a lot in college because he was on that Virginia team that won the national championship with Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter. Um, And I always liked his game in college. I thought he was a very mature guard that looked like he could – he probably wouldn't be drafted in the first round because um, guards like that usually aren't because he's kind of going to be a perennial backup if he has an NBA career probably. But I think he's more benefiting from the Thunder's injuries. You know, Shea's missed games, Lou Dort's missed games, uh, Theo Maladon's missed games. But I think when the Thunder are fully healthy, I don't know if there's a spot for him in their rotation. 
but mm-hmm. he could play himself into having minutes in the rotation. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I can, uh, I can accept that. You know, I just know he's ever since he started playing, he's played at least twenty minutes a game in every single game. Mm-hmm. So he's got that going for him. You know, he's on the floor, Noah. He's on the floor. We do like that. We do like it when people are on the floor. Um, but yeah, I, obviously I like Moses Brown is a, a better pick. Your reasonings there make a shit ton of sense. And yeah, I, I really think that Al Horford probably goes pretty soon here. I, I don't see any real reason why the Thunder hang on to him. So yeah, once that happens, Moses Brown through the roof, baby. To the moon. Let's go. Alrighty, who who do you got next on your list? Uh, my next guy is Mr. Farton Will Barton, who is currently 45.7% rostered <laughs> in ESPN leagues. Um, and he's a guy who's I've, I've had on my watch list for a while, actually. And he's been yeah. playing pretty sneakily well. Um, over the season, he's averaging 13 points, 4.1 rebounds, and 3.2 assists in 30 minutes a night. But since returning, um, since the All-Star break, he's averaging 20.6 points. And over the last five games, he's averaged 36 minutes a night, which is more than both Jokic and Murray. Wow. And Gary Harris is out long-term with a thigh injury, and Monty Morris actually just went down with an injury too. So I see no reason why Will Barton's minutes will dip at all, especially when the Nuggets are right in the middle of the West playoff hunt. They're looking to catch the Lakers. Um, And I think he's a guy who should be – he might be a must-roster at this point right now with the way he's playing. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I think Will Barton's been a guy who's been on our – we may not have mentioned him every podcast, but he's been on our waiver pickup list almost every time. Yeah, the fact that he's only 45% rostered is a little bit beyond me. But, yeah, I mean, if you can find him in your league, go out and get him. He's playing like an absolute phenom. I speaking of Gary Harris, dude, he used to be I used to think Gary Harris was going to be really good um, when he was first on the Nuggets and injuries have just ravaged that man's career. It's kind of really sad to see. Yeah, no, it does suck because, you know, he he showed he showed and shows a lot of potential to be good and to be more than just a role player. Um, I think that they use him really well in some secondary scoring option situations and running a lot of pick and roll for him and getting him in some ISO situations, and he looks really solid in them, but never in a full-term capacity or a capacity in which, you know, he's scoring 25 a night. Yeah. He's um he's three and D guards are kind of hard to find because when he's fully healthy, he actually really is a good defender, and especially at the shooting guard position, finding a guy with his defensive calibers is pretty tough. But the Nugget, I think he might be a he might be um a guy who gets traded at the deadline because he makes nineteen mil a year, which is a super bad contract for the Nuggets, but a super good contract to help match salary for um other guys who have contracts that high. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, we take that. Um, do you want me to go, or do you got? Do you have another guy you want to talk about? Yeah, you can go. Alrighty. So this guy is seventeen percent rostered, and in the last fifteen days. He's been averaging 30.5 fantasy points. That's pretty attractive, wouldn't you say, Noah? That sounds very attractive. That sounds very attractive. Um, If I were to give you a team, do you think that you could try to guess who this character might be? Yeah. Uh, This character plays for the Golden State Warriors. I, I know it's between two guys. Ooh. Ooh, give me a name. Give me a name. You gotta guess. Damien Lee. Guess. It is not. Jordan Poole. 
It's Jordan Poole just been on absolute fire ever since coming back from injury. I mean, like, the number two scoring option. He's been averaging 21 a game uh, with three assists, two boards. I mean, not making a whole lot of noise elsewhere, but shooting 44 from deep, 55 from the field. It's just, I mean, they have their guy. They have their guy. You know, he's been racking up a couple steals. Steal numbers have been going up, but, yeah, in the past week alone, he's put up 42 twice. Yeah, I actually picked him up this week in our points league matchup, and he dropped me 42 fantasy points. Yeah, and then you just sent him right back into free agency, baby. Yep, that's what, hey, it's a cutthroat market out there, you know? It's a cutthroat market, but sadly, he's going to be on my team now. Yeah, he's a really good option, um, especially if Steph's going to miss some games this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like Jordan Poole. I also really like Damian Lee as uh, waiver wire guys this week. I'm just scared of calling Jordan Poole a potential rest-of-season value guy. Uh, We'll have to see once Steph Curry gets back and how many shots he can really get a night. But for now, Uh, he's an absolute stunner pick if Steph Curry misses games. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to misinform that Jordan Poole, you know, four weeks from now will be having the same impact. But, I mean, definitely for this next week or two here, he's been on a heater. Steph's been out. Like, give him the sauce. That's uh, that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, he gets to sh- he, in the game I picked him up, he got to shoot 21 times, too. Yeah, I mean, you're on the court. Putting the ball up. We uh we like to see that. Boom. Boom. Alrighty, who's who's your next guy? Uh, my next guy is a guy I think we have talked about before, but mm-hmm. that is Sadiq Bay, who plays on the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. Um he's currently twenty and a half percent rostered on ESPN. And you know, Detroit's kind of a dumpster fire at this point. Uh but Bay has mm-hmm. become one of the most solid and consistent players um on that team and his role is also very consistent um he's a six seven so he can play multiple roles and in the last month con he's been a top 75 fantasy value player averaging 14 points five and a half rebounds two assists on three threes made a game shooting 43 percent from three and wow you know at this time of the year con uh the free agent market's kind of dry if I'm being totally honest, I was looking through it all yeah, of this week. It is. And it's just hard to find value. And if a guy like Sadiq Bay, who's playing on an awful team, who gets a big role every night, is available on your waiver wire, I don't think he should be with what is available right now. Um, you know, we're just mm-hmm. kind of waiting. Injuries are really the biggest like factor um, at this point in which guys see bump in fantasy value right now. But a guy like Sadiq mm-hmm. Bay, I think, could just be an absolute steal for your team at this point right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think to call the Pistons a bit of a dumpster fire is being kind. Yeah. I think they're an absolute dumpster fire, and there's no two ways about it. Um, but, yeah, I always like to look at like a guy's last 10 games, and in his last 10 games, he's started every single game getting 31 minutes, 11 shots. Um, efficiency numbers aren't great, except from the line. His free throw percentage in the last uh, 10 games is 96%. Mm. That's, a, that's a pretty nice value add for a category league right there. Just throw my hat in that. But, yeah, I mean, 14.5 points, 5 boards, 1.5 assists. That's... Uh, it's going to contribute to some fantasy points. There's no doubt about that. That's kind of juicy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, his free throw numbers are actually quite attractive, I must say. I uh, would take those all day in a categories league. 88% on the season. Oh, That's pretty good. That's cash money. And he's... It's cash money. It's cash money, especially for a categories league. When we're thinking about categories leagues, that's something that I like to see. Plus, I mean, Sadiq is just an amazing first name. 
Sadiq Bey is a very good name for an NBA player. I it think. rolls off the tongue pretty well. Yeah, it's there's something about it. Like, I just like expect a guy named Sadiq Bey to be <laughs> quite impressive. An absolute free throw assassin. Yeah, it's uh, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. Um, do you have anybody else that you would like to mention? Uh, I have one more guy. We don't have to spend much time okay. on him. And that is DeAnthony Melton, who plays on the Memphis Grizzlies. He's currently 10.5% roster on ESPN. And in his last six games, Colin, he ranks 28th overall in nine cat leagues. And he's averaging 13 oh, wow. points, 3.7 assists, three rebounds, two steals, and two and a half threes made a game in only 21 minutes in his last six games. Um, we saw he was out for a little with injury, but and Grayson Allen kind of took some of his minutes. But when he came back, uh, Grayson, Allen, Grayson Allen lost minutes, and we saw DeAnthony retain about his 21 to 22 minutes a game, which if he's getting that much run a game, I think he's worth rostering in a categories league for how efficient and the other stats that he fills up. Um, maybe not in a points league. He could be a guy that's streamed, but you might not be happy with his every yeah. night, um, his every night stats. But the Grizzlies are the 10th seed right now. They're 19 and 20. Um, they're only one game back from being the ninth seed, which the Warriors are right now. So they're going to play for the playoffs. And if Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out, you know, the Grizzlies are going to need guys to step up to help John Moran. And it doesn't look like Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming back anytime soon. So always looking for guys to step up. And I think DeAnthony Melton could be that guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree with everything that is said there. Uh, I want to touch on one last guy, and f- this is definitely more of a category thing, but um, definitely has some value in a points league. But Nicholas Batum, currently 31.7% rostered, uh, according to the player rater, is actually the 62nd most efficient category player of the season above players uh, with names such as Carl Anthony Towns, Michael Porter Jr., Andrew Wiggins, Mike Conley, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant. I mean, pretty impressive. All those guys have taken some time off due to injury. But with that said, uh, Batum is doing everything all around. Uh, There is not a single category on player Raider in which Batum hurts. He only has positive numbers in every single metric. Wow. That's kind of insane. That is That's insane. kind of insane. Um, I I don't know if I like have found another player like that. Um it, that's not ranked in like the top ten. That's so, insane. Yeah, I mean he's efficient from three he shoots a nice field goal percentage. He's careful with the ball. He's enough of a ball handler um, from all around the court that he's getting you assists. He plays enough in the low post that he's getting you boards. Uh, it's just he doesn't hurt you. That uh, is pretty much what it sums up to. And so if you are a category league player, and Nicholas Batum is in one of the 70% of leagues that you play in, go pick him up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nick Batum was one of the first guys we talked about on our very first episode of our fantasy podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is too. Glad to see he's been doing it all season. Right? Isn't That's just pretty crazy to me. I've been skimming through the list trying to find another guy that doesn't hurt you in a single category. And I haven't seen one yet because we talking. Like do you think Thad guys, Young could be a guy? Um. Yeah. Uh, let me let me look because all the high volume guys. I mean, turnovers right away. Yeah. Like you know, you're negative there. Um. Okay, I found a guy. McCall Bridges. Okay. Um. Who's actually ranked as the twenty seventh best category player? Wow. That's shocking to me. But categories is just a, a different beast. It is just a different beast. Uh, if you were to take a stab, who do you think the best category players 
this year. It's not even close. Jokic. It is Jokic. It's uh, got him on my team. His player rating is uh, eighteen point seven, and the next closest is fourteen point three. Crazy. Yeah, for reference of like how wide of a jump that is, um, so he's four points ahead of Dame Lillard. Uh, there are another eleven players within four points of Dame Lillard. Hmm. I took him fifth in our categories league draft too, which is kind of crazy That's... that he probably should have been the number one pick. Now looking back at it, yeah, yeah. I mean, categories is just so tough. I took Harden with the number one overall pick, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, um, that's a yeah perfectly fine. Pick. I actually he's no yoke. I'm actually but... winning our categories league, and I have three players in the top eight, which is kind of how you do it. I did you real uh, solid this week. Yeah, you you helped me out. You helped me out. You you beat the guy in first seven to two. I beat my guy seven to two. You know, you really helped me in fantasy this week because then you also like let me beat you in points. Yeah, I want to see you make the playoffs, dude. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, no, I mean we're helping each other out. Um, hell yeah. Uh, alrighty, do you want to talk about? I'll just quickly go over some waiver wire pickups and then we can run over some players coming back and a couple storylines. Yeah. So my waiver wire pickups this week, uh, Kyle Kuzma, who shouldn't be available in your league, especially with a barn injury now, Marcus Saul, Talon Horton Tucker, Wesley Matthews, Damian Lee, Trevor Ariza, who just recently got traded to the Heat, and he played 19 minutes today against the Pacers which I think will increase over time as he plays more games. And something I think people didn't take into account when the um, about the heat this offseason was how important Jay Crowder was to that team. Um, I think that was really slept on the impact he had on both the defense and their three-point shooting. So I think they're trying to mm-hmm. um, refine that flame with Trevor Ariza, which I don't know if it'll work out, but yeah. I could see him playing heavy minutes for them. Um, Alec Burks, yeah. Carmelo Anthony, Kelly Olynyk, Seth Curry, Dwight Howard, Paul Millsap, Jay Crowder, and Isaiah Roby, who's another Thunder player we didn't even talk about, but he could definitely be worth picking up. Uh, any other guys you got on your mind, Con? Um, uh, I'll give you, you know, Patrick Williams is always an interesting one. Uh, I think he can pop off in a game or two. We actually, last week, we talked about his career high. Uh, I know Otto Porter Jr. is a guy that I've mentioned. I'm just going to list you the Bulls guys that I've seen on waiver wires. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is always good for a double-double, and I see him on the waivers fairly frequently. Um, that's, uh, That's just off the top of my head who I'm thinking of. Um, Oh, you know what? Tim Hardaway Jr. I've seen on some waiver wires, and he has been balling out recently after playing like a pile of shit for a little bit. And Jason Richardson as well on the Mavericks. Give him a shot if you like it. Josh Richardson. Richardson. That's the second time you've called him Jason Richardson. It just makes more sense to call him Jason Richardson. It's it's his fault for being named Josh Richardson. Like he should know to just be named Jason Richardson. I think Baylor Baylor has a guy named Deontay Mitchell who also wears forty five. I was watching that game today, and they were just like Mitchell for three, and Donovan Mitchell or Dame Lillard even tweeted out he was like at Donovan Mitchell. I didn't know you played on Baylor, bro. And just kind of funny that the guy with rocks your same exact number as Donovan Mitchell, too. Yeah. Um, oh, other guy, Blake Griffin is only 48% rostered. Uh, mm-hmm. I, how do you feel about that? I don't know like what his role is going to be yet, so I don't know. Maybe, like, a short term, if, like, you're really lacking, like, maybe Blake will just, like, kind of, like, pop off. Yeah, he only played 15 minutes tonight. He got two points, mm-hmm. two rebounds, one block. Um, we'll have to see him play a couple games before I could really make any decision on him. Um, so we can see how many minutes a game he's getting, how many shots mm-hmm. is he going to play back-to-backs. Um, I think those are all important questions we made. 
before deciding if you want to roster Blake Griffin or not, because I think they're you could be missing out on potential value if you're like hard stuck on sitting on Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, what about a guy like Miles Bridges? How does how does he do in a Lamelo Ballless Hornet? He's interesting because he could be a guy who sees a bump. Um, they have a pretty similar guy in PJ Washington who they start, but Miles Bridges is just a guy who has shown flashes at times. Like him and Lamelo's connection was absolutely insane on the alley oops, but. Mm-hmm. He's a little inconsistent, you know, with comes with only being a second year player. But in his game against the Clippers, he had 28 minutes, got 21 points, three rebounds, four assists, and one block. And that was good enough for 41 fantasy points. So if he's available on your waiver wire pickup, he could definitely be an ad because he'll probably get some of these Lamelo minutes. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. Yeah. Uh, and then the last guy that I, I have to mention, I can't believe I forgot about him, Dante DiVincenzo. He's like 60% rostered. If he's available, go pick him up. He has been on an absolute hot streak. He's had been having double-doubles out the ass. He's had like at least one steal in his last seven games. Uh, it is a category player, phenomenal. But even as a points player, I mean, he's been absolutely killing it for the Bucks. So pick up him. By all means, if he's available, he's a rest of season guy that we probably don't mention because his percentage is a little too high. But I saw him on the waivers this week, actually, so I snagged him real quick. Yeah, there's potential we see the Bucks uh, also move towards a lineup now that they have PJ Tucker, where Giannis is the true center. No more Brooke Lopez, so we could see Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, PJ Tucker, and Giannis as a potential lineup which is honestly scary um, how good that lineup could be on defense. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's insane. I'm greatly looking forward to it. Do you think P.J. Tucker does enough to um, maybe get them past the Nets if that's who they inevitably end up playing? Um, no. Yeah, I don't I think P.J. Tucker alone does enough. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think, like, we're sitting here in June going, thank fucking God the Bucks got P.J. Tucker, you know? He uh, popped off for 40, you know? Like, the like that being <laughs> a storyline of any sort. I think he obviously helps, and he brings, like, winning experience to that Bucks team. Not that they, they particularly need it, but they've definitely had... Their playoff struggles, you know, you're bringing in a nice veteran there. Um, but no, I, I think if they get past the Nets or the 76ers, it's because of guys like DiVincenzo playing really well. And obviously Giannis and Middleton and Holiday living up to their full potential. I agree with that. I can't wait to cut back to this in June after T or after PJ Tucker pops up for forty in Game Seven of the NBA yeah. Finals. You know, if PJ Tucker pops up for forty in Game Seven of the NBA Finals, I'll give you uh, how much money? I, like, what amount of money would you want? Five thousand like, dollars. I I will give you I will give you a thousand dollars if PJ Tucker in Game Seven of the NBA Finals will drop forty and the Bucks win. He can't drop 40 in a loss. All right, deal. Easy. Easy money. All right. All righty. And if if that doesn't happen, then um, you owe me, like, a really solid high five or a low five. I wanna I'll give you a – I'll do you one better. I'll give you a Miles Plumley okay. top shot highlight. I'd rather have the high five. All right, fine. <laughs> Sorry, Miles um, Bubbly. You're worth nothing. You're worth less than a I good high five. Uh, that sounds about right to me. Artie, uh, we have some players coming back this week, Noah. Do we not? Yeah. Um, the first guy is actually a guy I picked up today. Um, that is Mitchell Robinson. He's finally back after injuring his hand. Um, he played today, but he didn't play very many minutes. So I'm not really loving him as a guy to pick up for this week 
because he's going to have minutes restrictions and they only play um, three games this week. But he's only 67% rostered and I think he should be picked up if he's available. But just don't be mad if he has a bad first week because I don't think he'll be playing many games. But these Knicks want to make the playoffs and he is their starting center when he's fully healthy. So there's always really good potential there. Um, DeAndre Hunter, another guy I actually picked up this week, shout out Jack Eagleton, is questionable. He's, he was questionable for Thursday and Saturday games, but ended up not playing. Um, the Hawks play tomorrow, and the Hawks are in the middle of an 8-0 win streak under new coach Nate McMillan. They're currently up to the fourth seed in the East, um, and DeAndre Hunter is about to come back. He was a huge player for them before the injury, and I see no reason why he can't be a huge player for them the rest of the season and into the playoffs. I'm really happy about getting him back because I'm looking forward to the playoffs of the Fantasy League, and I think he will definitely help me there. Um, Seth Curry is another guy who's coming back from injury. Malik Beasley's suspension actually ends at the end of this week, Colin. So I think if he's available in one of your leagues, he definitely should not be. So if you have the resources available to stash him for a week, I think that would be a really good decision. Um... I think so. Any other guys? Uh, Hamadou Diallo is returning from his groin injury this week. Um, we'll have to see what his role on the piston looks like before um, deciding on if I would pick him up or not. But I think he's going to get a good run with them. So there's pretty mm-hmm. nice potential value there. Um, any other storylines or injuries you wanted to throw in, Con? Uh, no, I think we covered, uh, obviously, LeBron and LaMelo as being the big ones. CJ's back. Nurk's coming back soon. Um, those, to me, are the big ones that needed to for sure be talked about. Um, so I'm probably good to wrap up the podcast there, Noah. This is a pretty solid episode. Pretty good episode. Can't believe we do this shit for free. Well... Hey, Blake Griffin's going to pay us because we dropped his advertisement. Double Cross. Watch it. True TV. Double Cross, baby. Yeah, that's like the. I always like feel really good watching like the tournament because like I have to like watch True TV and I'm like, hey, like I bet there, there's a, a folk at, at True TV who like gets like an extra $100 bonus this week because everybody <laughs> tuned in for March Madness. <laughs> True TV so, lives for yeah. March Madness. That's the only reason they're a television network. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we will be back on Wednesday to talk about the NBA, as always. And uh, until then, stay safe and have fun. Thanks for listening. See you guys.